You're listening to the Young Money Podcast. I'm Cameron Ho, and I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel Lane. The title of today's show is Career Infidelity. What we're going to look at is the idea that young people today tend to show less loyalty to their employer, and the average person entering the workforce today will probably switch employers and industries multiple times. Joined in the studio by my very special guests, Jonathan Wright and Alex Duffy. Jonathan, Alex, welcome. Thank you. Firstly, to introduce Jonathan Wright, he graduated from Coventry University with a degree in business administration in 1995. After one year in a sales role at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, he joined Fidelity in 1997 and has worked in a number of different operations and marketing roles in the UK and India. He's currently a senior production manager for Fidelity's Markets and Insights team, which serves everyday investors. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do, Jonathan? Yes, so uh, I work in the team that produces content, uh, investment news and commentary, uh, particularly for customers uh, who come to us directly, i.e. they they choose not to have financial advice. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Alex Duffy is our second guest. He joined Fidelity in 2004 as an equity analyst straight from a master's in economic analysis at the University of Nottingham. He started covering European business services companies and then natural resources and Latin American equities. And today he is a portfolio manager in our Singapore office, working on various emerging markets strategies. Alex, could you tell us a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, so I work as part of the global emerging markets team here at Fidelity, um, specifically having responsibility over two emerging market funds that are open to our clients to invest in. Uh, invest in those funds across uh, the full piece of emerging market equities, Latin America, emerging Europe, Middle East, Africa, and right. emerging Asia. Okay, perfect. Thank you. So what we're going to discuss today is the idea that changing jobs every few years used to look very bad on your CV, but now an increasing number of people are C-switching as an important way to further your career development and even increase your salary. And so the technology and entrepreneurship magazine Fast Company goes so far as to recommend switching jobs every three years for the rest of your life. So it's not just something that you'd necessarily do as a millennial. And their rationale is that if you stay employed at the same company for too long, say for a period of over two years, you'll earn maybe 50% less over the same period than a frequent job hopper. They also say that job hoppers tend to have a higher or a faster learning curve, be higher performers, and also be more loyal since they try to make a good impression at the company in the short space of time that they're employed there. So Patty McCord, she is the former chief talent officer from Netflix, and she even says that job hopping is a good thing and that employees should plan on doing it every three or four years. But the guests we have here today obviously buck that trend. Jonathan Wright is celebrating his 20th anniversary at Fidelity this month. Congratulations, Jonathan, first of all. Could you start by telling us how and why did you join the company? Uh, Yes, in some ways I stumbled into it. Um, I started off um, uh, working part-time for what was then the PEP season, uh, they're now called ISAs, and uh, uh, then Fidelity needed extra staff to uh, uh, process application forms, so it was a part-time job. I wasn't really expecting to stay any longer than that. It was a uh, three-month contract, and uh, yes, it it just took off from there. Um, So I think sometimes you stumble into your, your careers. Right. Wow. How about you, Alex? Yeah, so I uh, came across Fidelity at the Milk Round at university. Um, okay. And I'd always had an interest in investing, uh, particularly equities, from a 
early age, so I knew that I wanted to go into financial services of some sort. Right. Um, and I actually just struck up a really good rapport with the people on the on on the representative desk at, at the University Milk Round and mm-hmm. and applied, and the yeah. rest is history. So it was uh, I, I I wouldn't say I stumbled into it because I knew mm-hmm. which area I wanted to go in, but the company itself was very much first impressions with the people that I met that encouraged me to apply. Right. And there are a lot of people that you met. Or a lot of your colleagues at Fidelity that you met when you first joined, are they still at the company? Uh, a few. Okay. A few, yes. I still yeah. see a few around, but uh, probably not. Okay. So I came in through the graduate intake. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2004, we we were just coming out of the TMT sell-off, so we'd sort of started hiring. A, the hiring had picked up a little bit more, so there were six people in the associate program when I mm-hmm. joined. Uh, there's three of us left today. Hmm. So it's quite good. In yeah, different roles good across number. the organisation, but yeah. yeah, three of us still from my, my year of intake. Oh wow! And I was I was quite similar actually. I um I met Fidelity at a uh, job fair, right. and um it was the people actually at the the desk that I really liked and made me want to apply. Um, so it was nice to see that we're talking about, you know, we, I've only really started at Fidelity. I've been here two and a half years, but it's nice to see that the, the same sort of thing is coming through. That it's actually the company that makes you want to join, no matter how long you're going to stay for. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely right. The cult, it's very much about the culture and the ethos of the business that you work for and do you fit in as mm, almost as, yeah. as much as, from, from my perspective, as much as anything else. It's very much a people business and you have to get on with the people that you work with to make it a fun place to be. Um, and, and so that's, that's probably the main reason why I've stayed, amongst other things, but I, I've always enjoyed being here. That's, the, uh, that's, that's been the key thing yeah. from my side. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose there, there are very different career tra- paths and trajectories in different parts of the business. Jonathan, you've worked in a wide variety of roles. Could you tell us about the different roles you've worked in and whether there's any, how you made those changes? Yes, yeah, sure. So, um, so after starting off part-time, I um, liked the culture, um, enjoyed the work environment, and, and really got into investing, actually, uh, really caught my interest. Um, so a role came up uh, on uh, the Investor Line, which is the call centre phone team for uh, end customers. Uh, so I uh, uh, moved over to that and uh, did mm-hmm. a couple of years there. And that was a really good experience because I got to really understand the product range because you're answering questions from customers about it. Yeah. Uh, and as well as understanding the customers. When you're talking to customers all day, you, you, you get to un- have a feel for what they're interested in, the problems they're experiencing, the challenges they have in choosing a fund, yeah. uh, which led to uh, me moving into the marketing team, which is what I really wanted to do. Um, right. So that two years was kind of a, an apprenticeship. Uh, where I could uh, take a role in marketing where you know you need to know the products and you need to know the customers right so it was a really good um, uh, foundation yeah for the future okay and Alex how about you yeah so I've actually had and it's interesting in the context of what you said at the outset about people changing roles every couple of years I suppose I've been in the same company but I've had a number of different roles within that company so Mm -hmm. so um, and that was the, the key the key thing that sort of kept me interested as well is that there's always been opportunities within the organization for me so whether it was moving from European business services companies in 2004 uh, 2005 uh, into the emerging markets team and then moving from and that that was emerging Europe really Mm -hmm. and then going to look at Latin America uh, and and now I am running a global emerging markets fund from Singapore um, Mm -hmm. and so there's been constant variety and opportunities within the organisation that have enabled me to to, to keep progressing and keep investing in myself and developing along the way Yeah. Is is that something that you think you've gained without actually ever having to leave I mean if if that had been something that you'd had to do one job and this is you for the next however many years would that have started to grate or 
Yeah, so I, I actually, that was a, uh, again, listening to the interest, one of the things that, that struck me is that I don't think that when you, when you enter a role or you enter a company, it's actually very difficult to know where you're going to be in five years' time. So mm-hmm. I've been at the company now for nearly 13 years. Yeah. I never once, it never once crossed my mind in the first few years that I would ever take a family to Singapore and spend time traveling around the world meeting companies across mm-hmm. the emerging markets. And I think that, you know, it's, it, it's, so it's difficult to see what the path forward is, but if you right. keep working and you leave yourself and you, and you remain open to what the opportunities and what the possibilities are, in an organization such as Fidelity, but other large multinational organizations, opportunities do present themselves. And so it does stop that sort of monotonous focus of the daily grind, if, yeah. if you will, that, that, that adds variety. So I, I wouldn't say that I've had a single job uh, for the last 14, uh, 12, 13 years, mm. whatever it is, but uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's definitely something that's constantly changed. Right. And Jonathan, you made the transition to India as well. That must have been a very different work environment. What yes. was that like? Yeah, very much so. And I think that's the advantage of being in a, in a large organisation. You might have the same employer for, this, for, the, for a long amount of time, but you're not doing the same job. So similar to Alex, you know, I've had a couple of years in different roles and there's always been a variety that, that's kept me uh, challenged. And mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, the opportunity, this was back in 2004, uh, Fidelity was setting up in India. And uh, again, because of my experience, uh, they had the local knowledge there. They didn't have someone with experience of the Fidelity brand and marketing to mm-hmm. end investors. So right. uh, I was well suited to, to go out there and uh, yeah, I spent a good year in, in Mumbai and uh, was the only sort of expat in the office. So it was really good ex- experience of immersing yourself uh, in the local culture. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I couldn't have got there without doing the time before. Okay, um, yeah. You know, I couldn't have. If I turned up at Mumbai Airport with my CV under my, you know, under my arm, mm. no one would have taken me. Um, yeah. You know, I think you, it's really good when you do spend some time in the same organisation. It does offer you opportunities if if they're international. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really key point. I think people coming out of university today, everyone's a very very much a self starter, and I think everyone confuses that with maybe trying to make everything happen themselves rather than just letting sort of life happen to them. Um, I think. When you join a big company, as you said, Alex, you don't know the opportunities are there or the ones that are going to come up when someone will just say, oh, I know the guy for that. Um, and I think that's what you miss out on if you, if you do job hop. I know that it's, <laughs> it's hard to not take advice from someone mm-hmm. connected to something as successful as Netflix. But, yeah. I mean, two or three years, to me, even on a CV, seeing, yeah. even seeing a different company every two to three years, that doesn't really inspire much hope that... Right. Millennial is going to be there in the in the next three years. Yeah. If that, you know, I don't, no. I don't really want to see that as an employer. I think it also depends on what the individual values like. As a, as a, so from my own personal perspective, I like being part of something, mm-hmm. and I like to feel that we're going somewhere. We've got a, a vision that we're going to try and execute on, and there's going to be bumps along the road. But if we all stick together and and, and stick at it, we're going to get to the end point at, at some stage. Mm-hmm. And and so, the idea of job hopping. To me, I don't know that I'll get that sense of belonging that, mm. that, that, and that team kind of ethos and, and the feeling that you're part of something and you're working together yeah. that, that I've been able to get here. So, you know, I've been very fortunate to be part of a group where we built a new emerging markets team in London and now we've taken that to a global emerging markets team and I'm in, I'm in, a, in a global office sort of trying to further that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the most important thing for me. I, I think job hopping wouldn't suit me my personality but right. I do under I do definitely understand if if people are not happy in the environment that they're in, then they have to change it. 
So, so I wouldn't advise sure. that you just stick in a role because of the right. fact that you think job hopping might look bad on your CV. If you don't enjoy where you are, you won't be successful. You're very unlikely to be successful in that role, and so you should make a change. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, again, I think it comes back to individual preferences and, and, and just you know human nature. Yeah, and I think it's um, I think it's really about enjoying a role, as you say, yeah. and. Uh, uh, getting some fun and just mm-hmm. enjoying what you're doing because you, you can do a job hop for a pay rise but absolutely hate it you hate the culture in the new place yeah. and it's very hard to gauge that when you have an interview yeah. uh, and I think it needs to, to be moving for the right experience and you know because I think sometimes hopping for money isn't always a good a good option because I wouldn't right. want to get paid 50% more and hate the job you're, you're in the job for so mm-hmm. long and, and you just won't perform if you don't like it Yeah, I also think that um in addition to that, to that, we we live in this kind of high speed world now, right? Everyone's yeah. globally connected. There's this desire for instant gratification, yeah. sound bites, and mm-hmm. and you know instant news and, and this kind of thing. And, and people are always in a hurry. And yes. I think that 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 you kind of almost forget to enjoy the moment. And I'm I'm bad at that as well, right? I'm always worrying that I've got to do something else or be somewhere else, etc., mm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. But actually. You know, like it's that you've got to enjoy the journey, and so right. it's very important that you appreciate the moment that you're in, and and uh, and you know, and, and make the make the most of that rather than constantly be worrying about the next thing and the next move, and the because yeah. otherwise you flat ten years of flash by, and you sort of think, mm-hmm. well, where did that go? You know, and, and I yeah. think that's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and also, you've got, you've got to think about the external environment. So I look back over twenty years. There were times I'm thinking about the financial crisis, yeah. 2008, where it would have been very foolish. <laughs> the last thing I would have done was look for another job because yeah. there weren't any, and, and uh, you know things go in cycles. So starting out your career, you could have a plan of, of yes, in three years I want to move X Y, but who knows what the market would be like then? You know, um, there's so many other ex- uh, factors that play into it. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm guilty of that as well. Would you just said, Alex, of you know, am I doing well enough? You know, I, I, you say, I think the worst thing. I think Stephen Fry said the worst thing you can do is make goals for yourself, because <laughs> it just never happens. Yeah. You know, you just, <laughs> it, it just will never happen. Um, yeah. And if it does, you've been far too blinkered on it, and everything else has suffered anyway. Um, and I think if I, you know, using my millennial mindset because I'm a millennial, um, I think that I think there's a pressure on millennials as well to put, put pressure on themselves yeah. to, to really achieve everything, as you said, instantly. Mm-hmm. You come out of university and then. Boom! You create Snapchat, and then you're a multimillionaire. I think there's that kind of, and uh, what else? The dissemination of kind of information at the minute yeah. is you only see the success stories. Yes. You don't see, you know, the people who put 20 years in, Jonathan. You only see where you are now and think, mm. oh, well, brilliant. Well, I'll just do that. But you don't see <laughs> everything that's got you there. Yeah. What, what exactly. do you think? Uh, yeah, I guess there's a bias in that. There's this pressure to always perform, and it, I wouldn't call it a rat race for everyone. Certain industries is more of a rat race than others, but sometimes it helps to, to take some perspective. And so I, I, we haven't done this yet because we're quite young, but if you're midpoint, mid, midway through your career and you feel like you need to take a step back, you might go on a sabbatical. Is that a good idea um, in terms of you know, how you're perceived by your employer? Have, have either of you taken a sabbatical? Yes, I, I actually have. Um, it was uh, about five years ago. Um, but it was for different reasons. My um, my mum was diagnosed with cancer and uh, given six months to live. So it was a very easy decision for me to make. I thought, you know, I, I need to take some time out and I, I want to be around uh, for the family. So um, had that not have happened, I probably wouldn't have taken a sabbatical. It wouldn't okay. have been something on my mind, but yeah. um, that sort of forced the situation. And uh, and it was it was tremendous. You know, I was uh, mm-hmm. given five months out. And uh, yeah. it took a while to, to recoup the money. 
Um, you know, there's a mm -hmm. definite financial loss and. Uh, right. Uh, if anyone's thinking of doing Sebastian, you, you, know, you really do need to get some savings behind you because you can think you live on a lot less, but actually it's, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, so that was some ways was quite an easy decision to make. I wasn't planning on the sabbatical. Right. Uh, although I was reading today about, you know, nowadays we've all been working a lot longer. You know, it, the, the idea of a, of a gap year at age 50 will be quite common, you know, all retraining. So I think it will be something yeah. we'll see a lot more of in the future. Retraining and then and then an internship. I think there are f one or two movies about that that came out last year about <laughs> yeah, a seventy-year-old yeah, yeah. intern. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, so I haven't taken a sabbatical, um, right. not yet. Anyway, it's def definitely something that appeals to me. Right. Um, at this point, it, it's not on the horizon, but okay. let's see where we go in, in the three, four years. I mean, one thing I would say, I, I don't have major regrets actually about my mm -hmm. career progression and career development things I've done, but I did leave A levels, go straight to university left university uh, mm -hmm. and came straight to Fidelity um, yes. within sort of six weeks of handling my dissertation I was in, in my mm -hmm. new boss's office and I do think I probably should have travelled and, and, okay. and experienced it and sort of maybe yeah. taken a year out in between and my advice to my yeah. own children yes. would be to, to do that to experience some things whilst you're, whilst you're young um, mm -hmm. but it's relatively minor I mean I've, I'm fortunate that I've, I've okay. landed in a role that I absolutely love and, and, mm -hmm. and, and it's taken me all over the world at the same time so I've been very fortunate in that respect yeah, I, th yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's an important point that you've got to travel through your job. And Jonathan, you went to India as well. Mm. I mean, I've talked to you before. It sounds like a fantastic experience. It was. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, and uh, I guess it would be the same for you in Singapore because you know you're, it's very different living in a place than going there on a holiday. Mm. And uh, you just get to find out so much about the culture and uh, how things work. And, and this was in a marketing world, so you know. The difference between marketing to Indian investors mm -hmm. versus UK investors, you know, some things are the same. I mean, a lot of the stuff we were doing was in the English language, but there were mm -hmm. subtle differences with yeah. photo shoots, for example, and you know, and how yeah. how you do that, and yeah. uh, uh, even compliance. You know, if you see an advert in India, half of it will be uh, compliance warnings uh, about value of investments going down. You know, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's a it's a really good experience. It'll be very different to. Um, you know, travel backpacking around Thailand when you yeah. straight right. out of university. You know, it's a, it's a different, yeah. a different thing. Yeah. I mean, I think to bring it back to the point around job hopping as well, I think it does depend on what you're hopping to. Okay. And so, if you, you know, you, we, we get. So, I, I interview a lot of people for roles in the organisation, and mm -hmm. as, as analyst associates, often mm -hmm. either straight from university or in their mid twenties, have had a couple of different anal analytical roles uh, in finance. And I do think there's a difference between people that have done 12, 18 months somewhere and then gone to effectively the same job but somewhere else and, and, and versus individuals right. that have, have taken roles, maybe it's overseas, maybe mm -hmm. it's in a different industry and, and they you know, really learnt something new that, they can, that, that, makes them, that differentiates them versus their right. peer group. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do think it very much, do, you know, job hopping isn't necessarily a, isn't a bad thing, I mean, I, I think it, but it very much depends on what the motivation is mm -hmm. and what that does in terms of furthering your development as an individual um, and what you therefore bring to future yeah. employers as mm -hmm. well. Um, but uh, uh, the one thing I would caveat is that at some point you do have to do something for long enough to see it through. Okay. And I think that, you know, it's all very well going somewhere for two years, starting something, and then moving on to start something else. But mm -hmm. at some point, you've got to kind of see it to fruition. Otherwise, yeah. you know, what, have you actually, do you ever actually achieve anything? Yeah. Just, right. and I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, that, there'll be different views on that, mm -hmm. but that's my personal take. Yeah, and I, I guess that's for your own personal well-being as yeah. well, to know that you can actually start and finish something. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I completely get that. And I get, I have, um, have lots of friends who are maybe freelancers at the minute, and Although they do bits and pieces, they, as you said, they don't they don't have a, a company culture. 
Um, they don't they don't feel they're really part of something because they're brought in and let go whenever they're needed, really. Um, yes. And they they do bits and pieces. They're never like a a coordinator of an entire project. Um, and I think actually the people who I know they're freelancers. They they do really like the flexibility, but at the same time, that that structure of Mm-hmm. Sometimes they really want a nine to five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. security of it all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's really really about understanding yourself and and being really truthful about what you like and dislike and, and how you work. And uh, when you're looking at your career and what you want to do, you know, I think it's about finding things that you enjoy, and and just knowing where your lim- limitations are. You know, I've known of people mm-hmm. that have have really gone for a promotion or, or, or moved organisations to to get a, a, a better pay or, or experience, and actually find that they're just not suitable for that role you know they've just they've gone above their perhaps their natural limit yeah. and uh, it takes a lot to be honest with yourself and go do you know what i think i wouldn't be good at that particular role mm. right um it's like teachers that don't want to become headmasters you know because they love teaching but mm. the next role up means a managerial job and i think sure. that uh, we can be very we want this ideal cv with with nice progression going upwards but we're living in a real world where we have our own limitations as well as what's out there at the time yeah how about we bring this back to the very start of someone's job search? We we're, were all quite fortunate in that we got jobs after mm-hmm. we graduated. But what about people who are graduating and are struggling to get onto the job market, or the first job offer, or the only job offer they receive is one that's not what they had hoped for? How do we weigh the decisions between taking that and just getting on the career as quickly as possible, or holding out for something better? Um, look, I, I mean, this might sound a little bit old-fashioned, but I think it is a lot easier to get a job if you've already got got a job, yeah. right? So, okay. I, to, the, to the answer to the question about holding out for something better, yeah, um, we live in a very, very competitive workplace, and okay. if you're, you know, unfortunately, often if you're out of the job market for two, three years, it can mm. actually be very difficult to get into the job market. So, my, right. I think when you're weighing offers, mm-hmm. uh, even it, you know, and and no, there is no perfect job. Yes. Right? every single role that. Mm-hmm. Every, all of us have there are parts of it that we're not going to enjoy sure and that's just part of life so yeah. you know you have to hope that there's more areas to it that you do enjoy than that you don't enjoy uh-huh. but my advice would always be when you're weighing the options find mm-hmm. the one that you think is the best fit for you mm-hmm. and if it isn't right when you get there you know you, you, you do have the opportunity to move on and find something else but I, I, I do think there is a risk that people say oh, that's, not, that's not what I'm looking for that's not what I'm looking for and they end up actually not doing anything yeah. And from an employer's perspective, that kind of skill degradation and then you're competing against other people coming through at the same time mm. just can make it a little bit more difficult. And sure. I would imagine at a personal level it becomes quite frustrating and demoralising as well, which, yeah. do, which, which is difficult to fight against. I mean, psychologically that can be mm. quite difficult Definitely. to deal with. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, experience is so important. Um, you know, employers just, just want, you know, want to employ someone with, with that experience. And uh, even if it's not quite the, the role you like, but getting that experience behind you, doing that apprenticeship, as it were, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you can go and study and do lots of qualifications, which are great, but it, but really it's experience that counts, I think. Yeah. What about you, Cameron? Would you would you think about taking a little break in the next couple of years, or is this you for the long haul? Oh, <laughs> I guess you know, that's a good question. I think what we've spoken about is is important to just be open to opportunities. I don't think I, you know, having just started now a few months ago, I wouldn't feel necessarily comfortable leaving to do something else mm. and sort of floating. I'd have to have a plan, whether it was a plan for further education, a plan to try and find a job in another field. I wouldn't proactively jump off and then see where the tide took me. Yeah, that yeah. kind of makes <laughs> kind of makes me a yeah. bit nervous as well. Yeah. But again, I, I mean, we both have friends who are, yeah. you know, maybe 
taking a year to go travelling. Yeah. And to me, I, that, that makes me even more nervous because you, you, you're leaving such a good company, or um, obviously for good reasons, because you want to see the world, mm. but there's maybe a little sense of mm. you don't really realise what you've got. As you said, you know, yeah. th- it's a very, very competitive workplace, yeah. and the mindset of, you know, you see it on Instagram and Facebook and mm. everything about all these people having an amazing time when it's sunny all year round. But again, that is <laughs> that is the highlight reel, isn't it? Yeah. That's not the that's not the day to day when they're you know yeah. trying to trying to work in a bar to get some money. Yeah, but um, it's al- it's also about the reasons for leaving, right? Because okay, for example, you have a real passion to start a pub. Okay, then you'll you'll probably have be quite happy starting a pub. But if you're leaving to to find your soul because you feel like you owe the world something, like maybe. Uh, well, we, we, we tend to have a good view of our industry, but maybe certain parts of the finance industry, if you feel like you've lost your soul and you're working mm. in a windowless boardroom for 12-hour days, maybe you're leaving for negative reasons, and that mm. can be a bit more dangerous. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, to try and escape something rather than moving towards something um, Yeah, I, better. for me, it's very much, if you don't enjoy what you do, then, you, you know, life, careers are a very long time. Yeah. And, mm. it, you know, it's funny, you always think you've started a role and suddenly... And you don't appreciate how long you're actually going to be working for. And I, so yeah. I don't think you should be afraid of yeah. making changes if things aren't right. Because yeah. if you're unhappy, then there's no point. Right? Yeah. That ultimately, quality of life and life experience is what, is what, what we all value mm-hmm. uh, highest. Um, and so I, I think it depends on what the motivation for, for moving on is. I mean, right. if you find that you're in a, you know, I have a, one of the one of the individuals actually I joined with. Um, had a, an illness actually not long after joining that resulted in severe headaches when he looked at computer screens. Mm-hmm. And he came back and he tried and tried and tried. And he's a very, very bright guy and he tried and tried and tried to um, to get back into the role. And yeah. he just found it quite difficult and he yeah. was struggling. So he became a ski instructor. And, wow. he, he, lo- oh, wow. and, he, and he loves it. Yeah. And, and, and so, okay, it wasn't the route that he thought he was going to take when he left business school mm-hmm. but but that is where life's taken him and it's right and that's that thing for the, for the reasons and i think that you need to be you know you have to embrace that if, if that's yeah. indeed the position you find yourself in yeah yeah i, I have a similar to that i have a, a good friend who um was working as a management consultant in the city on very good mm-hmm. money and at 40 retrained to be a teacher he's now a geography uh, school teacher and and loves it but it's taken yeah. a massive pay cut yeah, and but he's, he's happy. He's fulfilled. Yeah, and uh, you know, and that's what it's all about: is enjoying a job. And I think I think actually that's where the millennials have an advantage. I think we're so malleable in that respect. I mean, the stories that I could tell about you know guys I went to uni with who did you know um, did their PhD in corporate finance and they're now running cocktail bars in Soho. You know, and that kind of because because this this economy does allow for that change, yeah. and if you can really do it. Um, and you can get the word out there and publicise yourself. You, you will be a success. Yeah. And if you you can really do it, if you if you really put your mind to it. I don't think when I look at my dad's generation, it was, you've got a job now. Think of the pension in thirty years. Yeah. You know, it was all, it was all, uh, you know, guaranteed income yeah. for the le- once you retire. Um, there was no way he was ever going to give that up, and there's no way that because he would have been mad. You know, now that we don't really have those anymore, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to start thinking about our own retirements ourselves, I think. And look, you guys are far better position than I will be to, to talk about it, but technology really is changing the way the work people think about their careers. And, right. and uh, A, because it means that that longevity of a job for life is, is being disintermediated by technology, okay? So mm. it doesn't necessarily, that's not, that doesn't necessarily hold true in the, in the world in which you're operating today. But it does actually open up opportunities that you wouldn't have thought of before. You yeah. can 
market products much right. more effectively. You can get access to a consumer port, crowdfunding mm -hmm. yes. that you wouldn't have been able to get access to before. And so, yes. you know, young people just definitely, definitely embrace that because mm -hmm. it, it does open up opportunities that my parents' generation did definitely didn't have and, and actually when I joined the workplace probably didn't have either. So, mm. so I think that that's something maybe I'm disadvantaged and sort of uh, <laughs> but that, mm. that's definitely an opportunity um, that people should embrace if that's what they want to do. And it does, yeah. it comes back, we keep, I think we're sort of dancing around it, but it comes back to the point of what is your passion? Right. What is it that gets you out of bed in the morning and says, this is what, where I'm going, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And, and it may be working to provide an education for your children, right? It yeah. may be that. But it also maybe I want to grow a business and I want to do something different and I want to change the world and create. Mm. And if that if that is what it is, then then, mm. then go for it. Mm. Also, I think Dan, we're we're quite fortunate in the UK to have the privilege of really focusing on our careers, on what we're passionate about, what fulfills our our desires and and meets our skills and talents. But Alex, you spent the world, uh, you spent a lot of time traveling around the world. Yeah. A lot of countries have a very different job market, very different structure. Let's take Japan, for example, where it's typical for someone to join one firm after university and stay with them for the rest of their life. What have you noticed about different cultures and, and job hopping? Um, I think that and, and this, the, the cultures are, are very important. So if you look at a lot of Asian cultures, not just Japan, mm -hmm. the, it, it starts from education and the teaching methodology of how people learn, actually, which is very different to the way in which people learn in the U.S., or mm -hmm. in the UK, so the rote learning system in Asia right. does create a certain type of individual mm -hmm. who is very, very, uh, or is exceptional at, at implementing certain roles, certain objectives, but it does, right. that may stifle innovation. And I, I think it's no mm -hmm. surprise that the most innovative firms in the world do tend to come out of the US where right. you have that genuine kind of American dream innovative <laughs> culture mm -hmm. where, where people go and do stuff and, and actually yeah. If you look at Asian industries, so if I think about Chinese industries in particular, mm -hmm. uh, technology industries, but also manufacturers, they, they, they're fantastic copiers, mm -hmm. and they do things more efficiently, lower yes. cost, greater scale, but yes. they're not necessarily great innovators. And so, right. so, so, so that, that is something that's quite nuanced um, okay. and, and is worth you know, just bearing in mind from, from different... Um, so so I, I do think that the sort of job for life can can stifle in innovation in mm. some respects um, and can lead to almost misplaced loyalties if you're, mm. if you're just trying to perpetuate something for the sake of perpetuating it rather than because it's the right thing to do. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I think that's something to, 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 something to definitely be aware of. I mean, one of my other, just as an aside, observations from covering emerging markets mm -hmm. is that we, are, we do take it for granted in the UK just how fortunate we are. I mean, yeah. I've got lots of nieces and nephews who are now Mm -hmm. uh, going th into their A levels and thinking about career opportunities, yeah. and they, you know, right, <laughs> they don't appreciate how lucky they are to have these opportunities. There are plenty of people in the right. world who are surviving, mm -hmm. and yeah. who, are, who, are, who, who are desperate for a job, mm -hmm. for any job, yeah. and, and and I think that that's something that, you know, we should also keep in mind, sure. yeah. just how fortunate yeah. we actually are to be able to be faced with these decisions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a good mm. point. Just to wrap up the conversation then, Jonathan, any parting thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience? Uh, yes, I, I think I wonder if there are any rules now uh, about mm -hmm. what you should do. I think there's tremendous freedom and I think it's follow your dreams and, and you know, work hard, get experience. Um, and if you don't like it, do something, you know, move on. Don't be afraid to move on.
Mm. Perfect. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, no. Just to summarise the points that we've we've discussed, really, which is that you have to enjoy what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, it, for me personally, being part of something is important. Yes. Um, and feeling like you belong, feeling like you're part of something, and moving forward with a group of individuals, because you, are, you know, there is an intangible benefit to that. It's not it's non-monetary, and, mm-hmm. and, and 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 it's definitely very very valuable. And I think it was John Lennon said it best, right? Life's the stuff that happens whilst you're busy making other plans. <laughs> and, and I think that that's something that's <laughs> worthwhile bearing in mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, on that yeah. musical note, um, yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I completely agree. I think yeah. there's, there's, I think to a certain extent there's a misconception that millennials are just, you know, unloyal mercenaries mm-hmm. and that they'll just do whatever they want. And I actually think. Within millennials, there's there's a danger of thinking, as I said, that everyone's going to be an Instagram hero and mm-hmm. um, we're all going to be millionaires tomorrow. Um, yes. I think I think there's a certain amount of just you know what, just enjoy your work. That's you know, if, if you, as yeah. Alex said, if you if you're part of a greater purpose, mm-hmm. you feel like you're actually adding value and you're you're not just swallowed up by a huge organisation. Mm-hmm. If you feel like they would miss you if you left, yes. um, I think that's a real point to make. Um, mm-hmm. I know that I really like working here. Um, I can see the value of my work. I can yeah. see what I'm getting from it. I can see what the, uh, the company's getting from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm happy to come in every day. Perfect. Thank you, everyone. This was our conversation on the Young Money Podcast. The title of today's episode was Career Infidelity. We had a great conversation with Jonathan Wright, Alex Duffy, our co-host, Daniel Lane, and I'm Cameron Ho with inspiration from Stephen Fry and John Lennon. (laughs) Thank you very much. This information does not constitute a personal recommendation and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision, nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorized financial advisor. The value of investments can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest.